Amen. So uh, we're going to go to the book of Joshua today. I don't have this in my notes, uh, Ms. Computer Person. So it's Joshua chapter number 2 and verse number 1. So I won't keep you long. I'll have you out of here by lunchtime. Amen. And you know when lunch is, is just whenever you get it. Glory. Glory. I mean, that's what we, I mean... I grew up on a farm. You know what? You didn't go in and eat at 5 o'clock. You didn't have breakfast at 7 or, you know, you ate when you could. And especially when you bring something that breathes and eats and sleeps onto your property, you got to take care of it. And we had about 40 or 50 dairy cows. We We had lots of heifers. Jeremiah talked about Israel was stubborn as a heifer. And believe me. They were stubborn. So um, I would like to, I got in trouble this morning already by Sister Marlene. So I'm going to kind of confess what happened this week. All right. So um, Friday, I I spent Friday after, uh, I spent Friday morning early and all day Friday into the night uh, admitted as a patient in the hospital in Effingham. So there you go. How about that? How about that? <clears throat> I woke up at 2 o'clock Friday morning, Thursday night, with a sharp pain right through here. Now listen, if I wake up, there's only two things that wake me up very quickly. and that Number one is God. I've had him wake me up. I, I mean, when he wakes you up, your eyes just fly open. And then he starts talking, like, yes, sir. And then this pain. And this pain was like, okay, it was just right through here a little bit and everything. And Amy and I, we had a a, a guest in our bed with us, Brother Edison. And because if you have kids or had kids, you know that if you want sleep and they're not sleeping, you put them in bed with you. So hopefully they go to sleep. All right? And let me tell you something. If you want kids, why don't you talk to somebody who's got some first? You know? Because I guarantee you, you're not going to like that every three hours getting up for Baba's for a while. Oh. Anyway, so I am, and I don't know why, but for some reason, Edison, when he sets up in his sleep, then he just does a free fall. Backwards, forwards, it can come crushing down on your head, your face. You get kicked. You parents know exactly what I'm talking about. I know Riker Glenn is guilty. I can just tell by him sitting there he's guilty. Hi. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yes. And so Edison, uh, Amy, we have a king bed. So Amy was on the far outer banks of the one side of the bed. I was on the far outer banks of the other side of the bed. And Edison was crossways in the middle. And so I'm, I'm laying on my shoulder and it's kind of underneath me and it's kind of, I guess it's kind of weird. And so when I wake up with this pain, I roll over and the pain doesn't leave. And so I just lay there for a while and I'm like, oh man, okay. The pain doesn't leave. And then as I start to breathe, I feel sharp pains going and I'm like oh okay 
Now listen, guys. I'm uh, I'm I'm old. All right. I've never been in the hospital before. When they say, "What medications do you take?" I say, "A baby aspirin." And they say, "What else?" None. And they look at me like. The Lord has blessed me with with good genes, I guess. And anyway, but the pain didn't go away. So about 2.20, I got up, and I went, I took my phone, and I went to the bathroom, and I Googled heart attack symptoms. Because it's not going away. Now, you can call that lack of faith or whatever, but I'm just trying to pinpoint this. And I'm like, okay, that says left arm. I don't have that chest it's rotten early in my chest it's up by my shoulder then i keep scrolling and then the number four deal was shoulder and i'm like okay so i just come out of the bathroom and i get dressed and i go walk over and i say um amy thankfully she didn't scream but sometimes she screams and i said um hey um i'm having pain in my left shoulder I think I probably need to go to the hospital so we left about 2.30 or quarter to 3 and I was going to drive and she said do you want to drive I said I really don't feel like driving and so we called Brother Marcus and Brother Marcus got us and so we're going to the hospital we were headed over to where you want to go to the hospital I said let's go to Effingham so we just picked out where you're going to go. I'm going to, I want to go to Effingham. So we went to Effingham. And I didn't tell them this until I came home. I, I was counting towns because the pain was getting worse. And I'm thinking, okay, Jesus, well, maybe I'll see Altamont. So there's Brownstown. There's St. Elmo. Marcus is humming down the road. So we finally get there, and we get in there, and... um for actually, if you want to get in inside an emergency room fast, tell them you have chest pains. If you just go in there because, you know, your belly hurts, but listen, unless you come in an ambulance, you tell them you have chest We were in there within five minutes. And so we're sitting in there, and they uh, start asking me all kinds of questions. I guess they want to know when my birthday was, like, you know, for a plan, plan a party, get you presents or something. And so they, uh, I had to describe, it was about a six on the pain level. And then they gave me a, a pill, uh, gave me a, what was that, a narco, narco, a narco, and that worked for about 45 minutes. And then the pain came back more intense, even better. It came back even better. And that was like at five something. And so that lasted for a couple hours. That kind of took some pain away, but I was still in pain. And they took x-rays and did blood draws and everything. And they came in about 7 o'clock and said, well, you haven't, we've, we've done the blood draws. Your x-ray looks good. You, your blood doesn't show you had a heart attack. We're going to take another blood draw just to make sure you didn't have a little heart attack or anything like that. And so they came back later and said, you're fine. And But I said, well, my pain is still here. I'm still having pain. 
And then they said these magical words. Well, I cannot let you go if you have chest pain still. Therefore, we're going to give you, get you a stress test. And in order to do that, you had to be admitted to the hospital. I said, oh, I've never been admitted to the hospital. I said, I'm usually on the side of the bed standing up praying for the people laying in the bed. Well, they'll have a gown for you upstairs. I'm great, great. Now I get a gown. I know what those gowns look like. They have no back in them. There's no modesty in those gowns at all. Hmm? But they never gave me one. In fact, I think they forgot about it. In fact, my nurse was so busy, she forgot about me till the end of her shift. And it was all right. So long story short, we went through, I was able to sleep, got the stress test. And they gave me a chemical stress test. Number one, I went in my flip-flops, okay? And hospitals are cold. And I asked, can I have a pair of socks? And they brought me a very unique pair of socks. They brought me with traction on the tops and the bottoms. I guess in case I have to, they had to pull me out by the, you know, the, the traction on the tops will grab a hold. I don't know what's going on, but those socks were wonderful. And had a stress test. They gave me a chemical stress test. And they said, now, you may feel some shortness of breath because this is going to rep- replicate you, you being under stress. You may feel pressure in your chest. You're not having a heart attack. It's just the the drugs that are working. And you've had... I'm just laying there, right? I'm thinking, okay, Lord, you just got to help me through this one. There's a lot of prayer that day from myself, okay? I was praying for myself. Oh, boy, here we go. And, man, no sooner did that stuff get in my system... Until my breathing started getting labored, and I'm like, I, I can't let them know my breathing's getting labored. You know how you just kind of, and the lady's like, yep, your face, face is getting flushed out. I can tell it's hitting you. Okay, good. I'm like, oh, she can tell. I mean, and for the next four minutes, it's like, Phew. and then I feel that my t- tightness in my chest. And I'm like, oh, my Lord. She said, you only got two minutes left. I said, thank you, Jesus. So... And then so then you had to go up back upstairs, finally got to eat. I ate at like 7 o'clock Thursday night and didn't eat again until Friday at 2.30 in the afternoon. And uh, they didn't want you to drink anything, right? So I'm, I said to Amy in, the, in between, I said, you got any gum? Yeah. So she hands me some gum. And so I throw the gum in there and the gum's like this, five. Carly Me got us on that, so... Got the gum. I mean, it, oh, this is wonderful. I said, I wish that when Ginger was in the hospital, we could have gave her some gum. I should have gave her some gum when she couldn't get anything to drink. Then here comes a nurse. And she's, I got to take this medicine. And I'm taking this medicine, and, and I pull my gum out. And she says, what's that? And I said, that's my gum. She said, you can't have gum. What do you mean I can't have gum? Because the gum activates your saliva glands. And then you... And we, you can't do that. I said, you're going to throw your gum away. I said, you kidding me? You're going to throw your gum away. So I had to throw my gum away. So needless to say, I was in the hospital. And Sister Marlene got after me this morning. And she said, why didn't you let us know we've been praying for you? And I just said, well, it wasn't a big deal. All right. I, we just was waiting to see what was going on. I didn't want to bother anybody. And so that's what happened. I've heard rumors that I had a stroke. I had a heart attack. I, even I had a broken arm. Neither. I've had none of those today. 
or yesterday or Friday. No stroke, no heart attack, no broken arm. And the Lord is good. Found out my stress test came back. My x-ray came back. Everything looks good. I think it's a pretty expensive way to find out that your heart's still okay at the age that I am. I could have probably just went to one of those health fairs for 35 bucks, got all that done. But anyway, I mean, there we go. So thank you for keeping me in your prayers. Those of you who knew anything about it, we didn't tell a lot. We didn't tell anybody that I know of. Um, so we just, amen. That all right? Okay. So we're going to Joshua chapter number two today. I want to dig around in Joshua two just for a little while. I won't keep you long. And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into a harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. Okay. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men in hither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. Now, Jericho was the first city that Israel was going to conquer in their quest of the promised land. Jericho was the first one. Now, I've talked about and talked about this before years ago. Maybe some of you remember this, that because Jericho was the first city, it made Jericho first fruits. And God said, because this is first fruit, nothing is to go to anyone personally. It all comes to the house of the Lord. Jericho was the tithe that God was wanting as the children of Israel went into the promised land. That's why Achan got in trouble, is he took stuff that belonged to the Lord. And it, the Bible calls it an accursed thing. And so it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men hither to search out the children of... Uh, did I read that already? Yes, go on. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they be come to search out all the country. That that kind of sounded like Ebonics. They be come to search out all the country. And the woman took the two men and hid them and said, There came men unto me, but I wist not whence they were. She covered for him, and it came to pass after the time of shutting of the gate, when it was dark that the men went out, whether the men went, I won't not. Pursue after them quickly, for you, uh, you shall overtake them. But she had brought the men up to the roof of the house and hid them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order upon the roof. And the men pursued after them the way to Jordan under the fords. And as soon as they were was pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gate. And before they were laid down, she came up unto them upon the roof. Now, Rahab became the great-great-grandmother, I believe it was, of David. Okay? I talked about Rahab last week. And I talked about Ruth last week. These two ladies, Gentile ladies, found themselves in the lineage of Jesus Christ. They found themselves... In the bloodline of Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter number 1. So we're talking about people 
who were working on their dashes between when they were born and when they died. Always work on your dash, brothers and sisters. Always keep that in mind. Every day you're working on your dash. you got 25,550 opportunities every part of your life to do something different for the Lord. Don't give up on the Lord. Don't stop giving up on the Lord. Always walk in the kingdom. Always pursue the kingdom. Always go after the kingdom. Amen? So she comes up to the roof where they're at, okay? And she said to them, I know that the Lord God hath given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. So I want to just leave that scripture there for a while. I may change it in a little bit, maybe not. But I want you to know that uh, there was no... There was no internet and no social media in this day. Okay? There was nothing that would have alerted the people of Jericho about the children of Israel except by word of mouth. And she said... Your terror is fallen upon us. We are afraid of you. We are afraid of you. Jericho represents the world. Okay? The children of Israel represent us. The righteous walking day by day in the kingdom. Now, God has promised. God promised Abraham. He said, I'm going to give your seed. First of all, I'm going to give you a family. I'm going to give you a family. He said, you don't have a family yet. Up until that time, Abraham's name was not Abraham. It was Abram. When Isaac came along, God changed his name to Abraham, which means giver of life. So you see, God is into the details of each of your lives. God is into the details of each of our lives. God is in the detail to all the small things that happen in our lives. We look at that as insignificant. Are you guys warm? Are you cold? You're freezing? Might want to bump it up a little bit. Maybe bump it up a degree or two and so these people don't freeze to death on me. God is into the details of all of our lives. Johnny, everything in your life that put you here, God was into. Every detail of my life that put me here to meet you, God was into the detail of it. Everything that was in the detail of your life, Miss Amy, to get you and I to meet each other, God was in the middle of it. God knew that you would grow up here, move away, meet your knight in shining armor. Why do you laugh? Come on. Shoot. Meet me. I'll just meet me. I'll just... And listen, I just had a stress test. I passed. Okay? I'm on top of the world. And knew that you would pastor here. 
You and I drove by this property hundreds of times, going somewhere else to church, never dreaming we'd be sitting in here, never dreaming we'd be pastoring here. Kevin, every every detail of your life, the Lord puts it together. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, is what the Bible says. God orders our steps. Brother Dave, Brother Dave's journey, he's with the Lord and the kingdom, been through Sullivan, Illinois, Greenville, Illinois, Effingham, Illinois. And then he's driving down the road, and he hears a commercial on the radio. Hey, this is Tracy Zimmerman. Pastor of Family Worship Center here in Vandalia, Illinois, and I haven't seen you at church yet. Oh, I know you're busy. And he hears that voice. I call it the golden voice of Pentecost. He hears the golden voice. He gets, finds the address, and one day he drives down here, and he says, looks at the church and says, it's not as big as it sounds. Must have had a good radio advertising voice. Everything in his life, God led him to that point. You see, our lives are like, um, our lives are like waffles. They're small compartments. Waffles are made up of many compartments. And each compartment is a different part of our lives, our upbringing. But each compartment makes up the whole when it's all brought together of our lives. And so God brings us to these points in time. How about this for a stretch? Somebody grew up in Stockton, California, and ended up in Beecher City, Illinois. How in the world? No, nobody in Stockton has ever heard of Beecher City, Illinois. If I walked the streets of Stockton today and said, Have you ever heard of Beecher City, Illinois? I think probably we get mainly, Where? What? But you see, God brings our lives to a point that we intersect and we realize that the Lord is doing things in our lives that we don't realize, but He is accomplishing what He wants to accomplish in our lives. So He brings you all the way from Laos to a place, you talk about Stockton to Beecher City, how about Laos to St. Elmo? Huh? And so we come to St. Elmo, and then you gotta have money, right? You gotta have money, so you gotta get a job. So you get a job at the Thai restaurant. Now, were you friends with June before you? Was she back in, in Laos? They met here. In Altamont. They met in Altamont. You see, Altamont gets in there. So when you move from Laos to St. Elmo, you have to have money. So God puts together a friendship. You see how God's doing this? I'm trying to tell you that God's into the detail of your life. 
God is into the very small, minute detail of your life. Each one of you have a story. Each one of you have a life. Each one of you have lived that life. And there's those small compartments that God is working in in your life. God is not doing it by accident. He's doing it on purpose. Look at your neighbor and tell him, God is doing this on purpose. God is doing this on purpose. He's doing it on purpose. And so you have to have a job. So really, you, you're trying to learn another language. You're trying to live in another culture. And you end up working at the Thai restaurant. And your mom ends up doing fingernails for people. And so then she runs into one of her customers that says, Pray for my boy Johnny. My boy Johnny needs God. So what does God do? God brings the nail customer up here and says, we need to pray for the lady who does my nails. Her boy's name is Johnny. She said he needs God. Okay, we'll pray for Johnny. We've never seen Johnny. We don't know what Johnny looks like. All we know is Johnny needs God. So we start praying for Johnny. And then as it all happens, now let me tell you this, God doesn't hurry. You didn't hear that, did you? I didn't hear anybody moan. God is not in a hurry. God is not pressed by time like I am. God is not pressed by the clock. God is not pressed by, you know, um, deadlines and commitments. Last night, Macy texts me and says, can you pick me up from work next week? And I'm thinking, or tomorrow, can you pick me up tomorrow? And I'm like, oh, she's such a planner. She's already wanting me to pick her up tomorrow. And I said, yes, and I will next week also. And she said, I meant to say tonight. I said, yes, I'll pick you up tonight. God's not in a hurry. God takes his old, good old sweet time. Doesn't he? We want God to answer us right away. We want God to answer us right now. We need an answer and we need it now. And if you don't give me an answer, then I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, I don't, I guess you're going to have to wait. Because, you, you know, sometimes you just don't have an answer right away. I had a boss that told me years ago, he said, Brother Tracy, sometimes it's good not to have an answer right away. You don't always have to have an answer. Think about that. So God has got Joy doing Addie's nails, praying for Johnny, who now Addie has said to Johnny, we need to pray for Johnny, that he needs God. We've never seen Johnny. We don't know Johnny, but we're going to pray for Johnny. So we pray for Johnny, and we pray for Johnny. Lord, touch Johnny. He needs God. Help Johnny. Help him. Help God. Help Help God somehow, Johnny, to find you. Help him to find you. But then it all it all happens to where well, some of us decide, and Danny was one of the main culprits, he said, we need to go do that Thai restaurant sometime. He had been working 
some with Mitchell and helping him, and I was there. And he said, "You want to go do that Thai restaurant?" I said, "Look, look at me. Do I do? Does it not look like I'll do any restaurant available? I will do any restaurant available. I even do Ethiopian. Yes, yes. So we go, and it's good." In fact, I think that I like Thai food better than Chinese food because it's not as heavy. It's not as soupy and saucy. It's not, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we keep going back and we keep going back and we keep going back till finally one day Johnny, to whom we do not know is the Johnny that we've been praying for all this time, walks up and says, what church do you go to? Oh, how do you know we go to church? Because I see you pray when you get ready to eat. And it's not one of those headache prayers. You know those headache prayers? Oh, Lord God, just uh, bless this food, everybody, in Jesus' name. Amen. Boy, I thank the Lord, the pain's gone. You don't want anybody, don't want anybody to know you're praying, so you just keep rubbing your head. Now, it's not like, oh, God, bless this food in the name of Jesus. We got everybody's attention then. No, we just bowed our head, prayed. But Johnny kept seeing this. Why? Because God's bringing Johnny this way, and God's bringing us this way, and we're fixing to meet each other. And as we meet each other, we're gonna, he find, wants to know where our church is. Long story short, he comes to church. Second week here, he gets baptized with the power of the Holy Ghost standing right here. Was it the next week you got baptized? Or the same day? The third week you got baptized. And last Wednesday night, he preached a sermon here. Second one. Amen. He's already talked to and gave Bible study to his friend Gino five time zones away in Hawaii. Gino went and got baptized in the name of Jesus and boom... God's working in Gino's life. What are you saying? I'm saying things that come in our lives, you do not realize what God might be trying to do in your life. Don't fight it when it looks like God is delaying. Don't worry when it looks like God is way too slow. Don't worry what's happening when it seems like nothing is happening because God is working. Amen? Let's give the Lord some praise on that one. God is working. She said, we have heard what the Lord is doing. What I'm trying to get through to you and I today is this. I'm trying to get you to heard what the Lord is doing in your life. I know that's the wrong text. Tense. I'm trying to get you to hear. But I want you to heard it. I want you to heard past tense that the Lord is working in your life. Donnie, you never dreamed you'd meet me. Holy smokes, look at you today. High, sharpening up. Look at that. You was even standing up here earlier. I saw you. I saw you. I was going to come over and slide beside you, but I thought, no, nah, I don't want to make him too nervous. You know, you don't want me to slide up there too close sometimes. I make people nervous when they You know, you're there praying, and I slide up, and they go, whoa, the pastor's here. Whoa. Hmm. What are you saying? I'm saying God's working in each of your lives. God is working in each of your lives. God's still working in my life. God's still working in my life. He's not done with me. Amen? 
If he was done with me, he'd have took me between St. Elmo and Altamont. Amen. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying God's into little things. God's into the small, everyday stuff. You may think that your day's a waste. You may think that, God, I didn't do anything for you today. Tell him all you got to do is just show up for work. All you got to do is just keep working hard. If the Lord talks to you about donating that truck to the pastor, have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Amen. And you just keep working hard. Hallelujah. He got a nice pickup truck. He got a four-door truck. F-150. Do you know that that's a millionaire's choice? More millionaires drive F-150s than any other vehicle. How about that? How about that? They ain't driving those Bugattis and Teslas. They're driving Ford trucks. Just give me a truck. I just need a truck. Everybody needs a truck. Amen? If you lose one vehicle, pray it ain't a truck. You got to have the truck. Everybody's got to have a truck. God's doing things in your life. You think, yeah, I just go to work and I come home from work and, and Lord, but what you don't know is the Lord is moving you into position. Your family's testimony is crazy. You know? How, how your mom and dad got here and you guys all got here. 61 years in a church. 61 years. Sorry, Sister Sylvia. She ain't past 62 much. Amen. I'm just telling you that right now. She was 61 years in the church. And some people say, well, I don't think, I don't think that God can give you the ability to do that. Or I don't think that God can get, move you. Listen, when God gets ready to move you, it doesn't matter whether you've been there six months or 61 years. When God gets ready to work in your life, He is going to work in your life. When God was getting ready to work in Jericho, He was putting everything together. How many people in Jericho could those spies have found that would have hid them, but God sent them to the right person? Now the world looked at them and they said, there's not the right person because, number one, she's a prostitute. She's a hooker. I'll never forget. I'll never forget. We had a, we had a bunch of kids coming here at youth one time and it was on a Wednesday night and after church I'm going through there and, and this one girl, she had her hair really teased up. She had all kinds of makeup on. And I said, so and so, how are you doing? I said, why, why are you all dressed up? She said, well, we had career day at school. I said, oh, okay. And I said, well, what was your career? (laughs) I'm going to write a book before I go to glory. I'm telling you. She said, I was a prostitute. I said, okay. And we just kept on going. So the world may think that nothing is happening in your life. But I'm telling you that God is doing some small stuff in your life to bring about the big picture. You, How many of you ever bought a jigsaw puzzle? Anybody ever bought a jigsaw puzzle? You buy a jigsaw puzzle. It has a number on it, right? 500. 1,000. You know, I kind of like the ones that say 50. Right? 50. How do, do you trust... Do you trust that there's 500 pieces in there? 
Do you trust that there's a thousand pieces in there? And each one of those pieces is just a little segment of what the big picture is going to become. We trust that. How much more should we trust the Lord every day of our lives? 25,550 mornings. That's 70 years times 365. He gives us 25,550 opportunities every day to begin to allow Him to work and move us into His walk and His destiny for each of us. God has a plan for you. We all put it up on our walls. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the thoughts I have for you. I know what the plans that I have for you. Everything, I've got it all taken care of. I even have a future for you. Look at your neighbor and say, he's got a future for me. He's got a future for you. He's got a future for you. But pastor, I'm, I'm well past my years. I'm, I'm getting old. I'm 28. I'm old. It doesn't matter if you're 28 or 82. As long as you're alive, God still has a plan for you. As long as you're still breathing, God still has a plan for you. God still wants you to do something in your life. You don't ever retire from walking with God. You don't ever stop walking with God. You don't ever stop, give it up, keep, turn it in. You keep living for the Lord. You keep walking with the Lord day by day. And let God begin to put the small stuff together. Let Him start to put the pictures together in your life. The pieces together to bring the whole picture together. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Of all the people that God could have sent those spies to, He sent them to the one whose heart was right to hide them. Yes, she had problems. Yes, she had a bad reputation. But God said, there's something in her that I can use for my glory. And in fact, I'm going to make her the great-grandmother of the greatest king Israel's ever had. How about that? And he said, not only that, I'm going to allow her to be in the bloodline that when I show up, she's going to be in my lineage. Stop letting the devil tell you what he wants to do with your life and you start telling the devil, I know what God has already done and the terror that he has and I know, devil, that really you are afraid if I succeed. You are afraid if I come through this. You see, some of you may be in a trial right now and a test and I'm telling you what, the devil is trying to tell you you're going down for the last time. You're going under. You're not going to make it. It's all going to be over. This is it. You might as well throw in the towel. But guess what? I got news for the devil. As long as you just keep showing up. And I'm not just talking about showing up to church. I'm talking about showing up every day to live for the Lord. As long as you keep showing up to live for the Lord, you're going to make it. You're going to be victorious. You're going to be powerful. There's going to be days when you don't feel so powerful. You know what? In that stress test yesterday, Brother Vernie, when I was trying to hide it from the nurse, I was just trying to breathe normal. She said, oh, yeah. She said, I see your face is flushed. Yeah, it's getting you. So then I thought, I just might as well enjoy it. And then I got, I'm like, oh, man, I'm not enjoying any of this. Now, I did get the opportunity to eat a couple meals at the hospital, which I've never done before other than the cafeteria. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That was okay. Yeah. I had turkey. My first meal in the hospital was under the heading comfort food. Apparently I needed comfort. Mashed potatoes and gravy, slab of turkey breast, 
broccoli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. So. The second one was Friday. And you know what they want to serve you on Fridays? Yeah. Yeah, it was okay. But. I'm telling you. Just show up. Just show up. Just finish the course. God's putting together the things in your life that he wants you to have. He wants to put some good things in your life. You can't see them all right now. Rahab did not see that she was going to be the great-grandmother of King David. Rahab, oh man, I'm just... Rahab did not see the potential and what God was laying out for her ahead of it. All she was worried about is when you take the city, if I put this cord out of my window, if you'll save me and my house. That's all she was looking at. She was looking at the present when God was looking in the future. I'm telling you, some of us are so stuck with looking in the present and how bad we've got it and how bad we've been mistreated and how bad this is and how bad that is that we cannot see what God's trying to do in the future. Let me tell you something. Where there is no power for the present, there is no faith for the future. So brothers and sisters, I'm trying to give you an infusion of power today for your present. When you walk out of this door, I want you to know one thing. God is in charge of every part of my life. God is in charge of every square of my waffled life. God is in charge of the good days and God is in charge of the bad days. Oh, hallelujah. God is in charge when I'm feeling good. God is in charge when I'm not feeling so good. And I'm going to say this for Miss Ginger out there in Maine because she loves it when I say this. You do not live and function and operate by your feelings. I knew you'd love it. And that that leg praise back there has got a chapter in the book too. Man, I'll never forget that either. You don't op- we can't operate by our feelings. Jeremiah said our heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. And who of it can we trust? You can't trust your heart. You can't trust your feelings. Oh, pastor, I feel. Uh-uh, whoa, 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 whoa. What do you know? You got to know. That's why you have to know the word. That's why you have to put the word in you. That's right, Edison. You got to put the word in you. You got to put the word in you because the word is your foundation. What does the word say? Listen, there's been days when I haven't felt so good. And I'm not just talking about physically. I'm talking about emotionally. Uh, you know what? If, if you do anything in this world, you're going to have a list of haters. Did you hear? Are you turning this mic off? You are. You know what? If you do anything in this world, you'll have haters. You'll have people who hate you just because you're you. A lot of people hate you because they're jealous of you. No, really. They're jealous that you live for the Lord and you're not stuck in addictions. They're jealous because you live for the Lord and you drive a nice truck. We're always on that truck right here, aren't we? Man, is the Lord talking to you? Huh? He's not talking to you? Tim, we prayed earlier that we have an ear to hear. People get jealous when they see good things happen in your life 
and good things aren't happening in their lives. Maybe they're not sowing to the right harvest. Maybe they're sowing to darkness. You know what? You're going to reap what you sow. If you reap to darkness, you're going to reap darkness. If you're going to, if you're going to sow to light, you're going to reap light. And let me tell you something. When you first come into the church, Donnie, this is for you. When you first come into the kingdom, it takes a while for all the dark harvest to come out of your life. Okay? Because you sowed, and guess what? They sowed beans out here back in, I never, I can't believe they did. They sowed beans on April 4th. That was before Easter. That was the weekend of Easter. I thought it was corn. And then it snowed. And then it was cold. But they were still in the ground. And when they came up, I said, good God of Zion. They sowed beans. Usually, and I'm not from Illinois, but usually you don't sow beans early. Because beans are a little touchy. They're a little tender plant. Corn, corn can handle it usually. Yeah, corn are. But beans, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say they sow in April and they harvest in August or September. And so we, we, there's a there's a time between the sowing and the reaping that there's a growing season, a gestational period where the plant grows and matures and becomes fruitful. And guess what? When you plant stuff, it takes a while for that stuff to show up. But sooner or later, and here's your word for the day, sooner or later that last dark harvest is done and then you start harvesting the good, good, white, light Good harvests that are starting to come. Amen. It just takes time. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, it just takes some time. So you look back at them and say, when is lunch going to be ready? And you tell them, it just takes some time. Nobody wants to do that. Everybody wants to get out. It just takes time. It takes time. God's got, is, is not in a hurry. God doesn't want you to go through the process of, of getting a million dollar, you know, lottery ticket and winning it and you haven't had more than 50 bucks in your bank account the last 48 years of your life because guess what? That million dollars is going to last about 24 months and you're going to be broke, busted and disgusted again. But what God wants to do is He wants to put a process in you. He wants to put that process in you that, guess what? It's going to grow and grow. And when you do hit the pay dirt, then you're going to know how to handle the pay dirt because you've been through the tough times of knowing how to get to the pay dirt. Are you seeing what I'm saying? So God is trying to work something in our lives today. And she says the terror of you, the potential in you, we already know about. You have potential, brothers and sisters, and I'm closing with this. You and I all have potential in the kingdom. And the devil just wants to try to trick you out of it. You know when he's a liar, when his lips are moving. Amen? Let's all stand. Hallelujah. You know when the devil's lying, when his lips are moving. Hallelujah. She says, I know the potential that Israel has. I know the potential. And I know what you guys are going to do. So help me prepare. And God's saying that God is just leaning over the balconies of heaven going, yes, go for it, Rahab. Because, honey, I've got a, I got a lineage for you. I got a rich farmer. Hallelujah for you. Not a rich farmer. I've got a, 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 a herdsman. I've got a family for you. God took her from that, that, that life of ill repute, that life of, of uncleanness and dirtiness, and put her in a life of shepherds and in a lineage of kings. You see, that's why the devil is fighting you. 
Because God has a lineage for you that he's trying to get you into. God has a place that he's trying to put you in. Hallelujah. If I was going to call this anything today, I'd call this the remarks of Rahab. The remarks of Rahab. I want you to remember that. We know the potential you have. And the same time she's looking at Israel's potential, God's looking at her potential. And saying, Rahab, you ain't seen nothing yet. Baby, you just ain't seen nothing yet. Amen. Because God has a plan. And God has a plan for each of us. Let's come on up front here real fast. No music. Let's come on up here real fast. Now what I want to do as you come up here is I want you to just maybe bring bring your butt with you. <laughs> bring your butts with you. They said, my God, Pastor just put two of them on us or multiple ones. I'm talking about your excuses. Bring your excuses up here. Because while I was preaching, I know the devil was saying, yeah, but this, blah, 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 in your life. Yes, but that in your life. I preached a message in the old building years ago called No Butts Allowed. Leave your butts behind. Leave your butts behind. No excuses. So we're going to pray before we leave. We're going to pray together. And I want you to name those excuses that the devil brought to you. And I say, I want you to say, Lord, I offer them up to you. Those excuses, I give them to you to consume as a sacrifice. Consume my weaknesses. Consume my excuses. Amen. And Lord, let me walk in the power of the remarks of Rahab in the name of Jesus. You ready? So those things that came to you that while I was preaching, that's from the enemy. Because the enemy's trying to detect, de- deflect your thoughts, trying to get you to re- think and realize you can't do this, you can do this, each one of you can do this. Ruth went through the, de- the, the death of her husband, the death of her brother-in-law, and the death of her father-in-law. Ruth left her homeland to follow after a woman with the lineage, Naomi. And Ruth ended up as a, in the same bloodline with Rahab. Amen. She was David's grandmother, I believe. How about that? God's got a plan. Let's pray right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we come to you. Thank you, Lord, for this word today. Thank you, God, for this word today that has come to us. Lord, and I just pray in the name of Jesus. We have, we have sat here, and as I have spoken, the enemy has thrown things into our lives. And into our minds and spirits, God. He has thrown things into our minds and spirits that God would try to detract, that would try to subtract from your word today the effectiveness, the efficacy of this word. That this word would have no effect in any of our lives. But God, right now we offer up, and I want you to name these right now, brothers and sisters, name their butts, excuses. Lord, right now we offer up these excuses right now in the name of Jesus to you. We offer up these excuses that the enemy has tried to put in our minds. That he has tried to take from us, Lord, and put as a block for this word today. We ask you in the name of Jesus to remove them and sacrifice them on your altar. And Lord, we release faith in each and every person in the name of Jesus right now. 
in Jesus' name. Let faith be released, God, to every person and believe that, God, you are doing something great in our lives that we cannot even see yet, that we cannot even fathom yet. But, God, you are doing it. You are preparing us. And, Lord, you are bringing together all of the pieces of the puzzle that are going to make the big picture happen. And, God, I just pray that you would give us steadfastness and faithfulness. I pray, Lord, that as we journey on this journey of life, that, God, we realize that you are never in a hurry. But, Lord, you are wanting us to go through a process. You are wanting to learn that process, Lord. That when we get to that destination, the process will be kicked in. And will begin to function, Lord, and begin to facilitate the destiny that you have called each of us to do. Lord, I speak a winning attitude. I speak a winning team. I speak, Lord, winning and faithfulness and completion in the name of Jesus over each brother and sister in this house right now. God, what we've started and the work that you started in us, you are going to complete it and you are steadfast and Lord tied and faithful to that day until it is fulfilled and Lord as a church body corporately God you've called this church and Lord we stay stand fast in what you have called us to do we stand steadfast Lord and we are going to just continue in Jesus name hallelujah now let's give the Lord some praise right now give him some praise oh Lord we just thank you for doing this in us thank you for working in us God Come on, if you can pray in the Spirit, do it just for a moment. Yeah, Lord, we love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, let our faith rise. Let our faith climb. Let our faith ascend into the heights in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm going to close... I'm going to close with this. I mentioned it before. If if Amy's mother would not have passed away, likely chances are she would have never moved to Texas when she did. If she would have never moved to Texas when she did, I probably would have never met her. Hence, we would not be here pastoring this church today. Hence, I probably wouldn't have been in the emergency room in Effingham. Who knows where I'd have been. What I'm saying is this, even though there was death and tragedy and loss, God still uses that and allows that to focus us and to direct us into his will. So, you know, we've all lost. We've all had disappointments. God is wanting to still use that to direct us. Don't get hung up on the loss. There's nothing you can do to fix the loss. The loss is always there. But we go on from the loss and use the loss for the next step and the next step and the next step. Amen? That makes sense? Amen. Thank you for being here today. Great crowd. Oh, yes. Okay. We got a couple requests. Sister Susan, she was in a car wreck. I get most of you probably saw that, and her back is is hurting her today. She's having some trouble with her back. They're on uh, vacation actually in Florida, so pray for Sister Susan. We'll pray for her. Brother Dennis Habenstreit is going in for surgery in a couple weeks, so he'll have to be quarantined, and we won't see him for a while. So keep Brother Dennis in your prayers. Um, 
Sister Peggy is coming back from Florida. She went down there and that didn't seem to work out, so she's going to be heading back here. We're looking forward to having Sister Peggy back with us in services. Keep your hand. We ask the Lord to keep his hand on Brother Danny as he's on deployment and all of these other needs. All right. Any, anybody else got to know of a need? Sister Pat, we're going to pray for Sister Pat. Brother Johnny, get the oil there. Sister Pat's been having some dizzy spells. She told me that yesterday. I tried to call her, but she don't ever answer her phone. She's worse than I am. So that's bad. That's real bad. Poor Sister Susan. She called me to tell me about her car wreck, and I'm laying in the heart deal. <laughs> so, I said to Amy, hey, well, she said, oh, my, Susan had a wreck. I said, please let her know that we're kind of, I'm kind of stuck right now. I'm kind of tied up. So let's lay some hands on Sister Pat right now. Brother Johnny, go ahead and anoint her. Let's lay hands on her. Come, we've got some sisters of faith and brothers of faith. In Jesus' name, we pray for Sister Pat right now in the name of the Lord. God, her heart, she loves you, Lord. She loves you mightily. So we pray for these dizzy spells. Whatever they are, we command it to cease. We dry up the source in the name of the Lord. Equilibrium in the name of Jesus, whatever, whatever it may be, God. Do it in the name of Jesus. Let strength, God, come into her life. Lord, she may be in an old body, but Lord, I pray that you give her the heart and the mind, Lord, of a 20-year-old in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Give her many more days upon this earth. In Jesus' name we pray. As she sees, Lord, her family touched and moved and saved by the power of the Holy Ghost in the name of the Lord. And Lord, we pray for Sister Susan's back. And she's in Florida today in Jesus' name. Brother Dennis Habenstreit, as he's having this upcoming surgery. Brother Danny, keep your hand of protection upon him. All of these needs we bring to you right now in Jesus' name. Work in everyone's life and heart in the name of the Lord. I thank you, Lord, for giving me, Lord, a good report in my heart this past week and keeping your hand upon me. I just give you all the praise and glory as well. And Lord, with one more shout of praise, we just leave this place together in heart and in unity and harmony as we go our separate ways to expand the kingdom wherever we go. Put an anointing on this church and on this people, Lord, to win souls and to talk to people. Send us the souls that are hungry and thirsty for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody said amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord one more praise as we go. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Give him a shout as well. You got a shout in your, in your praise. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. See you Wednesday night. Keep all these needs in your prayers, Sister Peggy.